Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fart, what's up, Airheads? Back in the Airstream <laughs> studio. Starting things off with a fart, Furians. I'm trying. That's Corey. Hey, don't hey, do I Corey? look better this week? I'm good. Do I look better this week? Because I was getting shit on on my... Uh, I didn't get shit on from this particular... From me looking like, you know, in kind of in the dark on putting on airs. But I was doing my wrestling podcast Sunday, and I had the same light set up that I kind of thought was cool. And a lot of the wrestling fans were calling me, uh, quote, a fucking jabroni... I couldn't afford lights. Clearly my yeah. career wasn't going well. And I told him, I was like, yeah, one of my lights blew out and I haven't got it fixed yet, but I've, I put yes. a lamp behind me. So I'd look better. It's much better. Uh, okay. I'm glad that the, uh, I guess airheads they're uh, they're sweet by nature, I guess, because they also, I just me... know, I just know how much of a lunatic you are. So like, yeah. that's why I just didn't say anything, but I, uh-huh. I agree more with the wrestlers. And that, do, uh, well, see, the thing is, it, I it do did too. not hit, but I knew you couldn't help it. But so what good was it going to do me being like, the fuck is this? This is horse shit. So I just let it ride. I but, knew you know. it didn't hit for me either. There was just nothing I could do about it. And I was like, well, I'm just not going to mention anything and draw attention to it. But then I looked at YouTube as I do every now and then. And literally all the comments and we got a message from Radical Riley and Aunt Tiff uh, from Reddit. And everybody was talking about how it looked kind of sinister and fancy and like an avant-garde film. And they thought that I was going shit. for that. And I okay. was like, no, light just, <laughs> light just broke, you know? They are so I was like, I don't know. Plum too sweet. Over there, the, air, the airheads are. Yeah. Uh, so you already, you're, you're talking about um, Hans Christian Anderson, right? Indeed. I wanted to last yeah. week, but we'd already done an hour 45. So yeah, this week. Yeah. I'm thinking, I've also thought about, this is more of a, there's your twisted tea hitting. If y'all <laughs> listen to Well Read this week, if you're in this universe, you know that Cho claimed that he almost never ever drinks anymore and then but every time i or y'all see him he's throwing back a twisted tea or something yeah talking about how that was the first fucking time i drank on well red in forever and i've said a million times like the only time i ever do drink is putting on airs and i even stopped that for a long time and you got mad at me yeah no go for it yeah it hits i'm I'm all for it so we uh yeah, we didn't get to Hans Christian Anderson last week because you insanely, I feel like, thought you could talk about the entire kingdom of Denmark mm-hmm. and their perhaps most famous uh, export or patriot or whatever. Yeah. What do you call a person from a place? Their most famous uh, export? 
Yeah, but that's more like most a lit, thing. I guess a person can be a thing, but there's a word for that, goddammit, isn't it? I mean, product. The pride of... pro yeah, right. Anyway, you thought you could do all that in one segment on one episode. Lunacy. Well, so, okay, of course, to we be have to Now, hold on now. Too. Hold on now. I am a lunatic, but let's not act like this is the reason why. To be fair, I only had five very minuscule fun facts about the kingdom of Denmark. And I I never know which Trey Crowder I'm getting on which subject. Like sometimes you give me a whole hell of a lot. And like, and I, and I know like, Oh, that might happen. And then sometimes, you know, something might not strike you and you don't give me anything. So like we could have easily gone through those five fun facts very quickly, but they struck your fancy. So like, I didn't fucking know that me and you doing five little fun facts about Denmark would turn into 45 minutes to an hour. So like, you know what I'm saying? And also Trey, I love you. Like you're one of my best friends. You're my favorite people. When I'm looking into your eyes and discussing things, do you think it feels like an hour and a half to me? No <laughs> time stands still. I didn't know, I know fucking how long we'd been talking. Well, on that note, I actually had thought about, and I guess I'll, I'll, this is what I started to say when I said this is a behind the scenes thing, but I'll throw it out there for everybody and see what they think. I'm starting to think that maybe you ought lead, maybe with your, because uh, you know you you really you really uh, you know bulk up on the, uh, the the your knowledge base there. You do a lot of cramming. You put a lot of stuff together, like, and it's like I feel like you know you can go a long a long time. And That's so true. we go long on just bullshitting before we even get to you, then, you know, then we like, we're really stretching it. And I know it's like an hour and a half is totally fine. Don't get me wrong. And it seems to hit for people just fine. People aren't complaining, but I've just, this show will never it. be shorter than an hour and a half. There's no fucking way. See, I, to me, my personal preference, and I know the king of all podcasting, Joe Rogan, proves this to be apparently not at all true. But for me, I feel like an hour and a half should be like the maximum length of a podcast. I, I agree, but, but I, think I don't think this between, show should be an hour. Between an hour and an hour and a half is where they should come yeah. in at. Uh, Agreed. So, but anyway, um, so yeah, just something to mull over. You know, if y'all want to drop some airmail about what you think about it, although it may not, perhaps it don't hit for him. We could still bullshit a little bit up top, but then or whatever I've got, and I'm planning to talk about, you know, maybe we put that at the end. Um, Look, I've often said that maybe sometimes we should switch it in and out, but there's certainly pros and cons to both, uh, such as oftentimes when we get on your shit, we go down these nice, wonderful rabbit holes and we explore new things that we didn't know we were going to talk about. And if we only yeah. have 15 minutes, then we're going to be limiting ourselves. And also, whenever we do your shit, we never do a part one and two because it's just some random bullshit. We're not going to come back to it. At least in my situation, it does give us a chance to just do Hans Christian Anderson part two. I don't give a fuck. I say we take it to the airmail and to the Reddit. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. Well, with that in mind, let's... uh. I got a, I got one little up top thing that I think would hit for you if you haven't. I mean, I pretty, I'm pretty much know it'll hit for you if you haven't seen it already, and I hope you haven't, because if you've seen it, then it's gonna it's gonna ruin it. But so I'm sharing my screen right now. Also, if you're only listening, sorry, I'll explain it to you after we after we get it done. But like, can you see my screen yet, Joe? I can, and I've definitely never seen this. Okay, so this is a post I saw on Reddit. It's a screenshot of a tweet. The tweet is from a, some Twitter user. Oh, black is, people Twitter. I know this is going to be a banger. Black people Twitter. And that I feel like is a little misleading. The fact that it comes from black people Twitter in a way that hits. You'll see what I mean in okay. a minute. So this uh, black lady on Twitter is quote tweeting another tweet, which is a response. Right. 
And the quote, the the original tweet that she's quoting <laughs> is a picture of Jennifer Lopez on the red carpet. And this uh-huh. person says, Jennifer Lopez is far more beautiful than her, right? Okay. And this lady has quoted that and said, I could give you a million dollars and 10 tries <laughs> and you would never guess who is in the picture this person is replying to. <laughs> who they are saying Jennifer Lopez is far more beautiful than her. So would you like to participate, Cho? You yes, want to take a I shot would. in the dark? Okay. I would. Uh, and and so I'm not saying that I'm going to do 10 tries, but that's how many ostensibly that I have per this tweet. Um, and I have to imagine that this is at least somewhat in the context of putting on airs, obviously, see, I, or you I, wouldn't. See, have br- I worried that you would, that, you know, you, that you would get there if I even gave you the opportunity to guess. Because, you were worried yeah, that I, I would use showing... the most basic amount of intelligence that a human no, I mean, being could what have. What I mean is like even saying to you, do you want to guess? I considered yeah. not doing that because I right. thought it's like, he's going to know it's POA related, which yeah, may allow that- him to get there. They're still saying a million dollars in 10 tries. Okay, all right. This is still difficult because my brain is going in, in a several different directions because the, the way that she's saying it makes me think like it might not, not even be an actual person. It might be like a cartoon character, a television, a fictional character or something like that. For some stupid reason, my brain went immediately to Fergie, the Duchess of Cornwall. But I'm like, no, because Fergie actually was a good looking person. That wouldn't be a stupid thing to say. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is far more beautiful than her. Okay. Is it, did they, did they show like a picture of one of the old bucktooth royals that had like three arms or some shit because of inbreeding? Was it that? No. no. Okay. 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 Is it a, is it a picture of dead Queen Elizabeth on a cold slab? (laughs) No, no. Okay. Okay. Um okay. Is it is it someone that like Mr. Bane porked in an episode of Mr. Bane? <laughs> no. I'm about to show you. I'm about to click. Okay, it. okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it hold on. Is it a lady falling off a building in an episode of Benny Hill? No. No. Okay. You, you ready? Yes. All right, here it goes. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> just listening. I almost, I almost went variety. with the baby. It's the first, and it's Prince Harry. Harry and Meghan released the first public photo of baby Lilibet Diana Mountbatten Windsor <laughs> on her first birthday. God, so it is a one-year-old royal baby looking very babyish and cute and whatnot. And that's Let the, me. And this lady responded to that tweet with Jennifer Lopez is way harder than her. <laughs> I swear a to God. Baby. The, one of the, after the Duchess Fergie, one of the first thing that came to my mind was like, I bet you it's a child because I bet yeah. you anything it's a child. And then I got so wrapped up in improv and all my hits that I yeah. forgot that I wanted to mention that so I could be right. But yeah, that's oh, but I, I didn't expect it to be a fucking baby. <laughs> yeah, full bore baby. Yeah, one I didn't year even old know baby. that they named her uh, Lilibet. I like that. That's neat. I wish I I wanted you know I'd like to name all my kids after my granny. That'd be sweet. Right, Lilibet was the nickname of Elizabeth. Of right, Elizabeth, or yeah, yeah, Lilibet. Yeah. Also, um, cabbage. Uh, that's uh, well. 
That's pretty different. I feel like a little bit. It is different. A little bit. Yeah, way uh, more easy on what, the ears and, uh, you know, and cutesy yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not approachable. What's the word? Accessible. Way accessible, more accessible yeah. than, than uh, yeah. cabbage. It was Philip cabbage. What it the was Philip exclusively that called her cabbage, and I well, never found out why. Yeah. But my theory, my theory on why he called her cabbage was that he was like, you know, she's not much to look at, but she is good for me. Yeah, or she kind of don't hit, but like I know I need her. Yeah, I mean, knowing him, it's probably something like that. Yeah, a rapist could just be that you know her farts stink or something. Like, yeah, you know, spell like cabbage. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if that was the origin of the the Queen's nickname. She had cabbage farts. All right, so you're talking about Hans Christian Andersen a little bit. Before we get to that, my subject today is completely out of left field. And I actually, I was going to say I don't remember how I landed on this, but that's not true. I do remember, and we'll retrace the steps, I guess, as well. I'm talking about Chinese eunuchs. That's what I'm talking about. Eunuchs, like cutting a Chinese person's dick off? Yes, eunuchs in the uh, the the court of the Chinese dynasties of uh, yesteryear because they were a big, 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 big deal. Um, yeah, man. Apparently, back in the day, if you were going to be in a royal court, it seems like some people just had to get their dicks cut off. You know, I mean, in China, that was a hundred percent the case. Yeah, and, uh, we'll we'll talk about why. So, uh, first of all, I, and I mentioned this briefly to Drew on Well Read the week that you weren't there because I had just found this and I told him it's like. Uh, and as I do this, if I actually follow through this, which I intend to just for my own personal enjoyment, I'll bring some of it to POA as we go along. <clears throat> I'm about to start learning some China stuff. I don't mean okay. Chinese or whatever. I just like, cause yeah. you know, they've been over there doing their thing for it's so long and insane. like, we've just pretty much ignored yep every single bit of it yeah right yeah like uh yeah yeah they come over here and made you know made uh fried chicken for us and that hits and everything but like you know we don't they don't actually eat that even the stuff like we associate with china yeah ain't even actually china no. you know what yeah. i mean much like so mexico like, that's how ignorant we are about china but in terms of chinese history especially like Again, dude, they've been an ongoing civilization for like thousands of years. And yeah. like you, you find out along the way that like a lot of stuff that happened in the West that's noteworthy or things that were invented or whatever, they done Ben had done that in China or whatever. Of course. But it's like we just don't count none of that. <laughs> right. They don't hit for us or whatever. Right. So anyway, I've always heard that Chinese any I'll come across these little tidbits of Chinese history and it's always wild as hell. Like I don't know if you remember when we were talking about um when I did an episode on pirates. I talked about mm. pirates because pirates. It was episode number five, I think. And, so uh, it was way long ago. It was a long time ago, but it wasn't that early on, I don't think. Okay. Um it was it was after we went remote. It was a remote episode. So I've been actually it, I've been thinking about that episode a lot because uh I've been reading some more pirate stuff and I'm like, fuck, we got to do a sequel yeah pirates hit for me but uh in that episode i mentioned i found in my that's this example of what i'm talking about you start reading up on pirates you find out that one of the most powerful and successful pirates maybe the most of all time was a chinese woman um a chinese lady pirate who commanded a pirate fleet of like a thousand ships or something like that in the in the pacific ocean How? and whatnot <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the how is kind of raving, but the fact that she held on to it is still wild because it was like she was, you know, her man was like uh, Chinese yeah. Blackbeard, right? Okay. 
Yeah, she was with Chinese Blackbeard, and he died. A really thin mustache. Yeah, Blackbeard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. black mustache. Yeah, black stringy yeah. mustache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, and then he died, and she took over, but like kept kept it, you know, kept control of it. And I don't, and as I recall, she never got executed or nothing either. Like she got away with it. Like she just okay. did it forever, and then like retired peacefully with all her hits and treasures and stuff i'm pretty sure you say the answer is pretty raven and like i get it it's like oh well she didn't actually create it she her man did all the work and then she took over it but like well, I, that's still then. i know no, i know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm but saying, i'm saying like that's still the only fucking, way like, that ever could have happened of course of course it right. is but my point my right. point that i'm about to say is like uh, that is the only way it could ever happen but i'm still amazed that it happened like I'm still amazed that it didn't go to his boy. You know what I mean? Like his, like, like the fact that they were like, well, he's done. So obviously we have to give it to his girlfriend. Like that just shows me that like, perhaps I'm not certain you're about to learn China. Not me. I'm, I mean, yeah. me, me through proxy will learn China. Yes. Uh, but like, were they just more progressive than we are? Because like, it's, I up don't think so to this. Okay. But I was just going to say to this day, if I heard a man, built this fucking fortune 500 company up and then he died and his wife took over even now i'd be like god damn <laughs> you know that's a crazy person to pass it off to yeah no for, i haven't yet started my journey of learning china but um and i don't i would never presume to expect that i can learn all of china but you know i'm gonna learn not with that I'm, attitude well you know be a china learning hobbyist but anyway uh in what little I've read, and some of it will come today, they don't seem like they were more progressive than us back then. And I don't think they are now either. I mean, I'm not right. like, you know, they. I mean, as far as all that goes, like I know that they crazy racist over there yeah. Oh, yeah. and everything, you know, against other types of Asians, certainly. Vietnamese against, like, don't hit for them. Right, yeah, all that type of thing. So, I mean, you know, I don't think they're overly progressive or anything. Also, well, you know, they'll, what they'll I said kill was your more... ass for talking shit about the government and whatnot. Like, you know, they're not not exactly a socialist utopia, China. Bear in I don't mind, think they've ever been overly open-minded. Or, bear or, in know, mind, I didn't say... I didn't ask if they were a progressive people. I asked if they were more progressive than us. That's right. what I well, asked. I think that this might be an ignorant thing to say. I mean, it is. It's the definition of an ignorant thing to say because I'm pulling it out of my ass and it's based on nothing except my general perception of the world. But I think that they're not and they aren't now and never have been is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Not that we hit. We don't hit as far as that no, goes. we don't hit. I'm just saying they're not, you know, no, I don't think they're particularly progressive compared yeah. to us now or back then although except i say back then we wasn't even us yet in the no. back then we were Dude, we, we were, were still, barely we were, still, we were indians you know but i mean we, me and yeah. you weren't indians but america was indians and that you know we was still we was england or whatever Anyway. Well, goddamn, dude, when a lot of them was doing their them and we was barely even the ones we weren't before now. You know what I right. mean? Because their yes. civilization has been, if that makes that makes sense, what I said, right? To you. Yeah, because, um, well, because, yeah, because China been China since well, like thousands of years ago at a point yeah. when like England wasn't England yet. Right. So like Nothing. England was still like. Nobody was shit. England's a bunch of fucking, you know, goddamn druids rock yeah, worshiping druids and shit with blue say. spirals painted on their faces <laughs> yeah. and fucking stuff like that i was gonna call them rock people but yes they are druids uh yeah. you're correct yeah right so yeah anyway uh so i've just decided recently i'm fixing to learn china uh this I'm, is my, i love uh, that it's my first step uh along the way how i landed on unix specifically 
is uh, I happened across this history meme right on Reddit that was uh, some joke that I didn't get because I didn't have the context about life in uh, harems, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at Horror first, stuff. at first, I wanted to talk about harems, right? Because I was like, that's a cool subject. But I had trouble. I don't hit at research, evidently. Not you know, just using Google. I feel like Google don't is not as good as it no, used to be, or something. It's not somehow. because so much of like, it is ads, right? Like, well, anyway, you, you don't know. So I tried to find some good shit about old timey harem stuff, and it was hard for me. I think you need like primary sources, and you need to go to a goddamn library or something like a university library. And I ain't doing all that. But uh, anyway. Along the way, it shifted, though. So at first, I see this thing about harems, and I found out a little bit about harems, which is that, like, people don't realize how cutthroat and wild. Are you ex- going to do a, spe- a separate episode specifically no. on harems, though? No, okay, because, well, I've, because I have been unable to yeah, find okay. enough stuff about yeah. it to do, like, a whole I was gonna episode say, or a whole segment on it. Yeah, because I was going to say, I recently put in the doc that I wanted to do an episode on Heidi Fly, so I was saying we could do a really good combo <laughs> there. But go yeah, ahead. Well... So, no, but what little I did find is just, like, people don't realize how cutthroat and savage uh, life in a harem was. And uh-huh. Not all harems were created equal. Like, the Turks, the Ottomans had harems, and the Mongols and the Chinese, they all these different cultures had harems. And I'm not saying they were all the same, but in a lot of them, like, um, these women's, like, you had all these uh, women's in a harem, right? The way, the only way really to achieve any kind of higher social status was to get knocked up with the Khan or the Sultan or the Emperor's baby, right? Right. That's the only way to make a hit inside a harem, right? Otherwise, you're just a sex object, right? Right. Um, But still, and this will come up later too, it's like, might have been preferable to most of just general life outside of the palace at that time, even if you were just a, you know just there for porking you know what right. i mean it's like better than fucking uh plucking being ducks a rice in the rice paddy yeah, yeah. for 40 years and then say, coughing like, to death you know like if you're if you're just a sex object you're still and again I, this is going to sound bad but like the people for whom you are a sex object live a very privileged life and therefore you get to live it by proxy at least for a moment well, again that will be a recurring theme over the course of this little discussion here because uh, the same is true for eunuchs. But before we get to eunuchs, uh, so what would happen a lot of times is these ladies in these harems, like if a, a different one managed to get pregnant or whatever, mm-hmm. other ones would like try to kill her ass, God poison damn. her or that type of shit, you know, to keep her from... You know, because they want that spot or whatever. They want her to have it. And they know she's pregnant. She's killing her and the baby both. And also, like, if they if they didn't kill her and she had the baby, these other harem ladies, they would also, you know, they'd throw these babies in rivers and stuff if they yeah. could. Like, they'd kill the babies, too. If it was a son, if it was a girl, obviously nobody gave a fuck because that didn't matter. But if it was a yeah. – <laughs> if they had a son – I'm saying in the context yeah. of all this, yeah, but if it was a son that could have any kind of claim to the – the throne and they were these other women were jealous that so they kill each other they kill each other's babies all this stuff it was wild evidently so i tried to find some more sources on that and i couldn't what i did find though led me down this separate rabbit hole was that in a lot of these cultures china included uh what they started doing to to protect like the absolute legitimacy of any kind of parentage that resulted from a harem lady getting pregnant, right? Tiger so you, curse. 
you track the <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that type <laughs> dragon curse actually. Yeah, right uh, but anyway, they what they ended up doing was they they were like, well, we got to have somebody to watch these Wemerns, right? Pimp. Protect them, protect them from each other, guard them, whatever. Make them food, bring them food, whatever. All whatever they got, they got to be attended to. These yeah. ladies, uh, and we can't have just dudes doing that because dudes might fuck them, right? Because right. that's how dudes be, right? And if dudes fuck them and they get pregnant with that dude's baby, right? I might not know me the emperor, and I might think yes. it's my baby, and it ain't my baby, which means it ain't worth nothing. Then I got to throw that right. another baby off a cliff, right? I've already done three <laughs> girl babies this week. Now I got to do another one just because it ain't mine, right? Like, just saying. <laughs> Uh, but so what they came up with for that was they're like, well, we'll just cut all these dudes dicks off yeah. that, that work in the harem or in the palace. Cause they ain't going to be fucking nobody. If we cut their dicks <laughs> off. Right. Obviously. So that was the solution. So that meant now they started having eunuchs working in the palace and that's the origin story of it. And that led me to just looking into eunuchs in general in China. Yes. Uh, before we move on, if you were in China, and this would be a horrible job to have. It would be horrible. I'm not advocating for it, but, you know, works work, especially back in the Ottoman Empire or whatever. Um, if you were the person in charge of having to throw the babies off of a cliff into the sea, would you go discus or shot put? You know what I mean? Because I think I think I'd switch it up, but grabbing them by the ankles and like giving a couple good twists, like eventually you're doing this so many times, you're going to make a sport out of it and go for distance. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, yeah, I think the ankle toss is probably the the most, uh, most popular efficacious technique. You know, yeah. but I haven't done the research properly. But uh, yeah, so that's how it started. From what I can find, this started in like, um. Uh, Year one fifty ish. That's um, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, year one fifty post Jesus, which I have no idea what they called that year, but it wasn't that. You no, know, it wasn't like, that. That's the example I'm talking about. Like, no clue. Like, it could have been year thirty eight forty two for them already back then. Or right. I have no idea. But anyway, well, it would depend um, on who it was, because like that's you know that's recorded history right so they're like oh right. oh now we're now we're going to keep up with it so starting today this is year one well that's just certain people said that there were possibly people who had already been writing it down you know what i mean so to them it was like no i have been keeping a log of this for 48 goddamn years it's 49 you know what i mean right. yes so it started around year 150 and it went all the way up until 1924 uh they did not abolish the no units Unix system in China until 1924. Uh, so wow, anyway, my granny was foe. Yeah, wild. When your granny was born, it was dickless Chinese fellers uh, working in the palace <laughs> over there. So that's bananas. Also, when it first started, you know, they just got enough to staff the harem or whatever. But I guess it was working out well because they're like, man, you know, dudes are a lot easier to handle. Mm -hmm. After you cut their dicks off, inarguable. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess they yeah. they figured that out pretty quickly. Yeah, because they started getting they started assigning more and more tasks to eunuchs. To uh, eventually, the palace, the Forbidden City, the the Imperial Palace grounds. Eventually, at the height of the eunuch 
era or whatever had like 60,000 eunuchs in it, right? Doing, doing jobs. So it's like a whole city of dickless fellers, right. uh, keeping the, you know, keeping the trains <clears throat> running on time and whatnot. Uh, the way they sourced these guys, there was a bunch of different ways. Um, and this is what I was saying earlier about the recurring theme. Uh, so basically they could either be bought, right? Um, usually as a child, um, oh, naturally. Man. Don't even yeah. get your dick for a little bit. That's no. better, actually. Honestly, that might I be better. The, I mean, if you got to get it's your kind of like being off, blind from better. birth versus right. yeah, like yeah. getting blinded at 18. Like I'm going blind from birth just because like at least I don't know. I mean, this might be horribly offensive to blind people and dickless Chinese people, but like, goddamn, <laughs> you know, it, you know, at least I at least I wouldn't have to miss the dance. But in reverse, you know. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. But it says about an eighth of the eunuchs that during this time were bought as young children from their families. So their families be like, shoo we, you got to pay this rice bill or whatever. You know, I don't know how we're going to do it. And they would be like, well, we can sell wang, you know, and then they would. Hey, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so. Did you mean yeah. to do that? No, but I do get it now. I mean, it's like, you know. A lot of their last names. Yeah, right. Yeah. Kind of sound like a wainer. Right, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Wang Dong. Sure. Yeah. There have probably <laughs> been a few of them. Um, but anyway. Uh, so they bought them as kids a lot of times, but not exclusively. Also, uh, people who just super did not hit. Uh, mm -hmm. and you know, like beggars and stuff, people who like couldn't get nothing going, like couldn't even get a duck to pluck in the <laughs> mud, right? <laughs> like people like that, some of them, some of the men, they would like, they would volunteer to have their like, dicks cut like off. That's like taking the black, right? Well, and that was an, the taking the black <laughs> version was another way in which they acquired eunuchs. You, you, it really worked that way. If you got caught doing a crime, they would be like, depending on the crime, obviously, right. they'd be like, all right, we can either kill your ass or we can cut your dick off and you can work in the palace, right? So it, right. Was, it, it was like taking the black. You and know, obviously, a lot of them chose to have their dicks cut off. And then finally, the last way was, uh, well, I mean, this is basically the same as the poverty one, but like some guys thought that, you know, it seemed like a cushy gig. It seemed better then, you know, hauling these buckets of stuff on each end of a stick on your shoulders. They yeah. seemed to do that <laughs> yeah. a lot back then, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, he, this dude does this for 15 years. And he's like, I'd rather just not have a dick and dick, get to wear yeah. a robe and be in the castle <clears throat> and stare at titties all day or whatever than keep doing this shit. So, like, about half of them volunteered. The yeah. other half were either took the black version to avoid execution or they were bought as children. That's where most of them came from. But there was a big demand for dickless Chinese people. Yes, go ahead. On that note of, like, taking the black and, and things like that, I don't know if this – I, I want to know, and I'm sure you don't know, but I guess I'm just asking a rhetorical thought starter question of, like, when that kind of stopped being a thing in the United States because not cutting dicks off, not cutting dicks off is what I mean, but, like, used to – when there was like someone was going to go to jail, they would often have a thing like that. Like when I was in, when I was a kid in my church, half of the older men, and maybe and I know you didn't go to church, but you still had old men in your town. They would give their testimonies and stuff. And a lot of them were former military men, but they, the only reason that they were in the military, so many oh, of them yeah. had the same yeah. story. 
was mm -hmm. that they committed a crime or did something and the judge was like hey so you can either go serve this time in jail or you can go serve the military we clearly don't do that anymore because i know dudes in jail who would have taken that fucking deal you know what i mean so like yeah you're right that, so Man, like it there wasn't was a my movie point. that used to hit for me and it shows all these i mean i've seen so many war movies and there was one war movie where it showed it's like about a squad of dudes naturally and they showed yeah. how each of them came to be in the military and one of them was a criminal who yeah. like had that uh, god damn it that's so we used to have me, like i can't remember version, his actors or nothing yeah we were yeah, we right. used to have a version yeah. of taking the black and like frankly like I mean, maybe it still kind of happens depending on the judge or something, but like, there's so many things that frankly, a, you shouldn't go to jail with period for, for like, they should not be, you know, uh, you shouldn't be chained up for them, but it's like, okay, could, could we not let them do something else and be of service? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. but anyways, I was just wondering, I was like, I know that was still clearly going on in the thirties and forties because of the age of some of these men, but like, yeah, we don't do that anymore, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. I hadn't ever really thought about that, but I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that is wild. So carry on. That's how they got, that's how they like procured their, uh, dickless army. But, um, I mean, do you want, do you want to hear about the process yeah. or, or not? Yes. Okay. Well, okay, who the fuck do you think I am? Well, dude, I mean, you know, it's pretty rough, uh, some of this, obviously. I can handle especially, it. Especially for two dudes to talk about. So they had a dedicated uh, dick chop hut, right? They had a, <laughs> it was called the, the Chang Zoo, right? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Uh, yeah, that was the, that was where you went to have your dick cut off. They also had a dedicated, uh, that translated as Knifer, the Imperial yeah. Knifer was like the designated guy to cut everybody's dick off. And right. Apparently, I mean, you know, again, 70,000 people gig. in the say It's a full-time job. <laughs> full-time job cutting dicks off. I wonder how many dicks he got through in a day. It doesn't say that here. But anyway, he had his own apprentices and stuff. And I'm sure it's like the way everything worked back in. I'm sure it's like this dude. It's like, you know, my daddy cut dicks off. Dicks his off. daddy cut <laughs> dicks off. And, and you my, know, my son, my son <laughs> is going to cut dicks off. Right. Like, I'm sure it worked that way. Uh, but anyway, what if that's the etymology of the last name Wang? Yeah, I don't know. Hell, you know, like be. my people worked in the forest. Well, it does say here the Chinese words for that position, the guy which we we tra we uh, translate as the knifer. And I'm, of course, I'm going to butcher this, but it's Dao Zhang. Dao Zhang. Dao Zhang. Dao Zhang. Ah, fuck, I don't know. But anyway, Chinese is definitely a language where. Even First if of all, you're not even called Chinese, but uh, well, Mandarin, whatever, yeah, uh, or Cantonese, but yeah, this would be Mandarin, Mandarin Cantonese, either in, any of the languages of the Orient. Um, <laughs> yeah. If, if, like, I, I don't know, I can't explain this. Like, I can say a Mexican word, and I don't right. think anyone would be like, "Oh, you're being racist." I'm like, "No, I just spoke something in Spanish." But if I say a chinese word even if i was being earnest like it's gonna sound like i'm making fun of them just because well, our you know what i mean yes and the problem with that is that as i understand it their language is one where it's not even about just you saying the word right like pronouncing it right tone is yep. also part of it yep so they'll have words that are spelled and are like pronounced exactly the same way but you use a different tone when you say those words and it means a different thing so like you can't 
you are not saying it right. Right. Yeah. If you don't attempt to do like me, how uh, I know. Like, right. Like that, right. But, but if you, like, but if like, me and you do that, like it sounds awful. Yeah. yeah right, by the I way, know. I wouldn't say their language is written so much as drawn. I've seen it. Uh, yeah, that dude. It, it's wild. wild. So it's wild. wild. But yes, you're correct. Like if I was trying to actually pronounce something in Cantonese or whatever, I'm supposed to go, you know, whatever. But like that ain't a good sound coming from me. No, I agree. So they'd take you to the the dick chop hut where the uh, knifer man is and his apprentices. And he had a whole crew and they put you down on a table and tightly wrap your <clears throat> abdomen and your thighs to like constrict the blood flow so you don't bleed mm-hmm. out when they chop your junk off right yeah. and then so they set you down they do that your dick's exposed they wrap your abdomen and thighs very tightly and then they apply the local anesthetic to Co- your your genitals would you oh, like damn. to guess what the local anesthetic was in uh, uh okay. the king dynasty of china i would, I would like okay. to guess i was gonna <laughs> I threw out opium, and then I'm then I was going to go cocaine, but I was like, no, this wouldn't be wild for Trey to say. I'm throwing this out there, and just let me get through it. Uh, there is some form of fish native to this country, and their poison numbs it. Their poison numbs things, so they milk a fish. Right? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, of course not, no, but it's, but I like the, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a valiant effort. The thing about this is what makes it funny and wild to me is that it's like that, what you just said, if that oh. existed, that would hit because it's, it, you know, all the fish <laughs> I, milk, I know what it is. fish milk numb stuff. This local anesthetic they're using seems to me to have the complete opposite effect of what is supposedly intended. So they hit you in the head with a mallet and just <laughs> knock you out. No, but even even that I think would be better than the truth. The local anesthetic during the late Queen King or Queen Dynasty in China when this was happening was hot chili sauce. Oh, like, dude, that I've accidentally that, done just, that. It, it's almost like. It's almost like, well, if we maybe if we because they would put it on there three times I over. I bet you'll want they, us they, to cut your dick off. After this. It's like maybe he'll be dying for us to cut his dick off if we make it fucking. We set it on fire with hot chili sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, insane. It's like Fried just, up afterwards, at least you know. So they put the they put the peppers on your dick, right? And then and then the guy, the knifer, would ask a ceremonial question, basically, "Will you regret this or not?" And they said if the man showed any doubt whatsoever, they would halt the operation, which I found surprising. But I guess that yeah, very rarely happened. Once the, once you get to this point, especially the ones that are sold as kids, it's like, but I, it doesn't really say what the alternative is. Anyway, I don't know. But so it was a ceremonial question. They say yes. Then they grab your grab your dick and balls both at the same time, hold them up, and just one. And I did it single Ooh, they slash. Cut from the gooch? Single slash gooch up one time, one shot, one kill. Cut it all off at once. Then they shoved a pewter needle. Mm, that's that metal that melts into the, uh, the the hole at the end of the the, the wound. <gasps> yeah, because the start of your urethra. Yes, exactly. Because if they didn't, it would it would seal up. Which especially two thousand two thousand years ago, I mean, that was literally a death sentence. So they would you just start peeing out your butt? No. I mean, no, you just die if it, oh, right. if it, if it, if it sealed up. So that's why they had to put the needle in there. <laughs> and then because there's a needle in there, I told you this shit is rough. No, I, keep going. This I'm is important. Also this is history. That, like, I also, when I asked if you wanted to hear this part, it's like, I wondered if 
like, I wonder if people have turned this off or skipped ahead because it's pretty it's pretty hard to listen to, especially if BPP you have just showed up right on time. By the way, Dad, at, we're talking about getting your dick cut off in, uh, in old ancient China. China. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, it's like, especially if you're a penis owner, I mean, it's oh, rough. Yeah. It's rough for me to talk about. But anyway, I'm almost done, though, okay, with this part. They'd shove the pewter needle in there, and they'd dress the wound. They'd wrap it up. Then, I don't know why they did this. It doesn't say, I guess, to keep them from passing out or something. But the assistants, the apprentices, after they dressed the wound, they would, like, walk the new eunuch around the room for three hours before they'd let him lie down and rest. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. To get the blood also, going again. The, the spigot that's in there to keep your, your you know, dick hole from sealing up, it also means you can't pee, right? right. So because you can't pee, you, you ain't allowed to drink nothing. And it right. takes three days, which is right on the borderline. Oh, my will God. kill you, right? Right. So, like, you're thirsting to death, literally, almost. And also, imagine, even without drinking water for three days, imagine you get eight hours in, you're like, oh, shit, I need to pee. <laughs> right. right. You got two and a half hour, two and a half days left, and you can't. At the end of three days, they pull the pewter needle out, and if pee came out, success, Right. If it didn't, like, then that apparently meant it had been botched and there was nothing on earth that could save the eunuch from a very painful death. Um, Here's a but, hilarious sentence that was one time said, we're going to cut your dick off and it gets worse. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, but it says that only accounted for about two percent of cases. So it had a pretty good success rate. Anyway, the wounds would heal after 100 days and then mm. they would then they would assume their um whatever their duties were going to be. Then you got to go to work. <laughs> right. Yes. As a slave, a dickless yeah. slave. Um, but anyway, but again, you know, it might've beaten the, the yeah. fucking duck bucket life. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but Cause anyway, you, cause you get to eat the scraps, you know? Right. So the other thing was after they cut it all off, they gave it to you in a sealed container called a bowel, 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 right. Uh, which translated <laughs> as the three preciouses. Right, meaning you're wainering your two your nuts, dicks. right? Your yeah. three, your three <laughs> preciouses. They gave it to you in a sealed container, and as a eunuch, you were supposed to keep up with that for your whole life. I, what? I don't know. Well, because actually, I was going to say I don't know why, but I do know why. They they believe that they believe that um, you when a eunuch finally died, he had to be buried with his bowel with his three preciouses because his he'd be reunited with his dick in the afterlife right which is like <laughs> it's you know it's very i totally understand why a a, a a dickless man would be inclined to want to believe that you know what i mean it's, it's, it's a is, nice fantasy uh, it's always cracked me up the people who simultaneously believe in god and the afterlife and cutting people's dicks off right you know what i'm saying so tradition stated that okay you need to be buried with your bow your three preciouses to be reunited in the afterlife but if you like lost them or they were stolen from you or something like that along the way and you went to the afterlife without your bow uh tradition stated that john wang where's wang again <laughs> john wang the king of the underworld would turn those who arrived without their preciouses into uh -huh. a female mule so oh. you turned into a donkey well, bitch donkey. if you ain't got your dick with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Still beats plucking a duck. Yeah, right. So anyway, that yeah, and also like if you got any kind of promotion, eunuch promotion, ceremonially you had to part of your I don't know, part of the process was you had to like present your your you know, your jarred dick, I guess is like 
I, I don't know. That was just part of it. Anyway, this had an effect on them. You know, it's like, I mean, George R. R. Martin, he wild. Seems like a segue, but it's not really. Because talking about Varys, because like you find out, you know, almost all of that, 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 that those books in that show are Based so on War of Roses. incredibly captivating. And it's so great. Almost all of it he yep. pulled from like actual history. And, and yeah. Yes, in large part, the War of the Roses, but not just that. Also, I'm saying the eunuch who rose to a position of like considerable power and everything mm -hmm. and everything about him, how he was, sorry, bald, supple, uh, you know, sort of soft. I, I just said, I only said sorry to you because of bald. And then I realized that everything else that came after that could also be interpreted as I'm saying it applies to you, which I'm, which I'm not. But anyway, digging myself a hole here. Anyway, you, uh, I, you froze up a minute or were you making fun of me? I, not on purpose, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah. I figured so. Uh, well, you know, anyway. I was I was thinking about Varys earlier when you were talking about like, um, they were like, man, it turns out when you take a dude's dick away, they're a lot easier to get along with and control. And it's like, dude, honestly, like, it, and I know, that I think they briefly touch on, I think Varys says this in the show, but it's like, because he was still a very intelligent person, but he had no time to waste with women and like he didn't like have those drives or whatever he could just be completely focused and none of the like dick emotions would get in his way like honestly it makes a lot of sense it does and that's why they started having more and more of them and assigning them more and more duties and everything but what so first of all briefly like i said they had all the harem duties they were they were the official concubine department right right uh that's how it started but then that's they started doing all, all kinds of other stuff too uh we mean rude well but i was just now when you think about the implications of this it's like not only do you get your dick cut off then your job is to help dudes get pussy yeah but that i mean yes it is rude but that's literally the whole entire origin no, of, know, the, of the whole you know pursuit or, no, or proceedings or whatever i know like, i just started thinking uh, about it from if that happened to me right so that's how it started, but then that was their initial duties, but then they started getting more and more stuff, and eventually they ran, like, all the, you know, they were, like, the uh, the equivalent of the accountants for the palace and the, like, you know, um, logistics and <clears throat> right. uh, entertainment. and I mean, everything. Eventually, they pretty much were running almost everything except for, like, security. Like, the actual, you know, like, armed guards and stuff couldn't have them be dickless, obviously. Because uh, this does that, fuck your testosterone, right? Yes, right. That yeah, that's why I was start. That's why I started to say about Barris, like the the dude they got Conleth Hill or whatever his name is that they cast, and the way they made him look is also like appropriate because apparently it did that. It hair you you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't grow facial hair anymore. They'd be like bald, smooth, soft, you know, yeah. like the, and not strong, like that right. type of shit. So anyway. <laughs> Those were their duties and stuff, and even though uh, you know it didn't hit for everybody, being a dickless slave, imagine that, yeah, right? I know. So sometimes they'd push back, they'd try to escape or whatever, and if they had various punishments, the first time they'd just lock you up for two weeks, and you'd uh, after two weeks of being locked up, they'd give you twenty blows with a cane or whatever, mm. then send you back to work in your stump. Second time, no, just generally. Second okay. time they put you in a big sort of like a stocks it's like yeah. a big wooden square that they stick your head through like that and you're stuck like this for two months right you don't, you, do you think i don't know what stocks are or you just 
No, well, this ain't this ain't the start. This is a separate okay. thing called a kangway, kangway okay. or whatever. Kangway. But I'm saying it is sort of like the stocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, third time they banish you to Shenyang. I don't know shit about Shenyang, but it must not hit. Right, um, that's like their that's, gulag or whatever. Yeah, or they're, right. They're setting them adrift it's to up uh, near. It's up near North Korea, so it's probably like ooh. cold as fuck and in the mountains or something. So it's probably what that's about. Did like it? getting some, Sent to Did it ever hit in North Korea? I don't I have no idea. But uh, I'm going to say that it didn't. For more minor offenses, you'd be punished by bastinado, uh, which was um, they'd lay you down and your they'd take your shoes off and then they'd whip the shit out of your bare feet with a bamboo stick. That don't hit. 80 to 100 times. Then they'd dress the wounds and then three days later, they'd whip the wounds Ooh, again. It's tender. Yeah, which they call oh, raising pink. the scabs. Oh um, my god! But anyway, so that's a little, you know fun facts about Unix stuff. But I said Thank they came you. in real handy, like you were saying. So they wanted more and more of them. Eventually, there's like sixty thousand Unix running around. Well, that led to problems because they started like consolidating actual power. I mean, they had so many of them, and they were so close to the you know the 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 seats of power and influence and stuff that over the years, over the years in China, they like. I mean, there were Unix like led to the fall of whole empires and stuff. They like installed their own emperors at like military coups and all kinds of wild shit. Um, what, and then they also every now and then they could rise to military prominence. One of the greatest generals in Chinese history, um, Zhang He, Zhang He, whatever he was a, a eunuch apparently. So, but the whole time they did not hit for people. Right. right. Like even when they got very powerful and stuff and they had actual influence and they were like, you did not really want to fuck with the eunuchs at a certain point. They still were like the lowest of the low in right. society's eyes. Cause they were dickless and, but also like conniving and sneaky. This is what everybody said and thought about them. You know, it's like, you can't trust a eunuch kind of thing was how, which is sort of, you know, that's how, they try to that's pretty much how they approach Varus in yeah, Game of, of Thrones. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like he was a freak. So they were powerful and influential, but also reviled and loathed. And that ended up being a bad combination, which led to a certain emperor at one point cracking down on the eunuch thing and really cutting way back on on, on dickless Chinese people. <laughs> but they still had them up until 1924, <clears throat> uh, when the last remaining emperor, you know. You know, they ain't got an emperor no more, right? Communist right. China, they got uh, old Winnie the Pooh over there, uh, president or prime minister, whatever the hell he is. But anyway, the last emperor, a guy named Pooh Yi, he still had some dickless fellers working for him, but they got rid of their last emperor in 1924, and along with him, all the eunuch, or okay, you know, no more right. eunuchs. Since as then. soon as so, he was out, that's gone. Yeah. So Man. that eunuchs for you. Let me uh, say this, because I've been thinking about this the whole time you've been talking, but especially now that we've talked about Varus and all of this stuff. And it goes back to what you were saying uh, at first. So this is kind of, it, maybe it makes sense to me about how, like, China's been, you know, doing fucking crazy ass, both good and bad shit for, like, since the dawn of time. But we've more than not just kind of ignored it, not cared to know, whatever. And I guess that's the ex explanation for this, but just from an entertainment standpoint, it doesn't make sense. Like, why isn't there a fucking HBO show about this shit? Because, like, bro, like, bro what? Very, 
very, very, very simple answer for that for because of all the Asian of market. television because history of the Asian market, right? Up until the past maybe ten years. No, dude, there wasn't a studio executive in this fucking town who was gonna green light a show made up entirely of Chinese, of Chinese people, people and put right. it on it. You know, they never, never. Right. And like they might like now nowadays well yeah now's different in joe biden's woke ass america yeah right, right. we gotta shove a bunch of chinese stuff down your throat no i'm, I'm kidding but like nowadays they might i mean they kind of did there was but even do you see that show for, marco for the record, polo on netflix no it was all mongols but even that the protagonist was marco polo a blonde haired blue-eyed european okay. white guy right okay but everybody else was mongolian okay you know, so okay but by the way that i i understand that hollywood sucks and wouldn't make a show cast a bunch of chinese people but old hollywood would just they just turn them white yeah like and just say yeah john no, no, wayne no. play the emperor of china that's what, that's it, what, yeah. i wasn't gonna say turn them white it was Frank just Sinatra, like they just, play john yang yeah, yeah right yeah 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 yes. that's what i'm saying it's sure. like that that yeah. uh, just whitewash like, it yeah yeah I mean, that's a, i mean yeah sure i'm so with that you on blows that. my mind but my but my uh my i guess my counterpoint to that is like Maybe the, you'd think there was a time Hollywood was so shitty that they would love making a show about some shit Chinese people did that didn't hit, which this don't, you know. But, like, regardless of all that, now that we are living in Joe Biden's America, boo, um, a fucking HBO show that was, like, equal parts Game of Thrones and Rome and The Sopranos, because that's uh -huh. when, when you were talking about the harem and how they would kill, you know, the pregnant women or whatever, and how yeah. it was operated. That got me thinking of like, you know, a mob show or whatever. But like, dude, this would fucking rule. And I don't mean as just like a side plot in a Game of Thrones. Like a fucking show about how that harem was run would be amazing. And I would be so fucking into it. But again, as you said, too many Chinese people got to get involved. So what are you going to do? Well, for that you could do a like Ottoman harem, which was yeah. actually, that was the first harem I was reading about. Cause Ottomans are like, they Brown, but they like, uh, you know, Turks, Turks are like European. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're like, they're Brown and like, uh, they're tall, dark and handsome. They're sultry yeah. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Chinese yeah. people. I love Chinese people. Don't get me wrong. Me but too. I'm saying we're, we're not as, I'm yeah. talking about the American public as people yes. perceive it. It's like China, you know, China, they're, they're China good... and Chinese stuff is just like, feels more alien the to Turks, Americans in general yes. or whatever. That, and that's the whole point of that's where we started this whole conversation. The at, Turks you know? are a far more palatable Asian for the U.S. market. <laughs> that is right. certainly, exactly. for, that is a hundred percent. Yes. Sure. Like that's a hundred percent. Sure. Like, like the movie RRR crushed over here, but like yeah. the same thing, but all Chinese, like there's only been one, uh, hidden dragon crouching tiger in my life you know yeah, what i mean right. like and yeah, it's yeah. wild because like our market is so important over there or their market is so important to us you know what i mean and that's i guess that's one thing i was thinking about why they've never done this is because this surely would, they have the, surely well, no no i know Chinese no 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 shows that are about for, for all sure. this stuff of I course of course but my reasoning on why maybe we hadn't was what I, my first thought was is that because their market is so important to us and this would be painting them in a less than favorable light, we never thought it would do well over there. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's ancient history for them and they, you know, like, it just depends. I don't but think that, I don't think that British people, I don't think they get upset at like 
They don't shows shows like The Last Kingdom or whatever. No. When when they show, you know what I mean. And show Germans don't get upset at Nazi stuff. We, listen, not to get political. Right. We're we're the only country where it's no. We don't. Actually, Japan, Japan. We're the only country that I know of. Japan very much be like that too. But but, really? but I'm not. Well, I can say well, that. Japan and China they fucking hate each other. So I'm not saying right. because Japan is like that. It means China's like that. But like I but uh, no. Japan is like Japan is like the South. And the Confederacy right. when it comes to World War Two, like it's funny. It, Germany, Germany is like the way York be. You know, yes, what I, mean? I agree. But Germany Japan really did it right. Is, Japan kind of is the Confederacy. Like it never, it you know, that they didn't not hit all that much or whatever. It's funny you say that, that. That's what I've. That's what I've always heard. I, you know, could could be wrong, but I don't think that it is. So, it's funny you anyway. say that. Me and Amber finally got around to watching Oppenheimer. Um, I'm a huge Nolan fan and a huge history fan, but the movie's three hours long, and when it came out, we just had a baby, so what are you going to do? Where'd um, you get it at? Did you buy it? on? Yeah, bought yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, so so we watched it. It was great. Now, I got a freaking sweet system. It's still not the same as seeing it in IMAX, but it was dope. I loved it, and we watched it in three one-hour installments, uh, which which didn't – I thought I was going to be mad, but honestly, it was nice. And the movie is so fucking good that each hour it, – it felt like I was watching a little bit of a mini series, and I was so excited all day to be getting back to it. Like, could not recommend it more enough. I know I'm, like, making a bold statement. Hey, that new Christopher Nolan epic biopic was awesome. But while watching it, I kept having the thought of, like – and Christopher Nolan does a great job of, yeah, there's a lot of rah-rah America stuff in it. You know what I mean? But he also does a really good job of painting the nuances of like, hey, we're not completely the good guys totally in this. Like, I know that's what we've always heard, but like, think about the effects of this, blah, blah, blah. And I started thinking, I was like, dude, even though it would offend half the people in America, I really would love to see a big budget World War II movie made from the perspective of the Japanese. You know what I, I mean? I think I've never seen it, but I think the movie, first of all, Clint Eastwood, I think, did that. Um, uh, with the Iwo uh, Jima, yeah, I think so. He put out okay. he put out two movies like together. One of them was the yeah, but Allied his wasn't sympathetic to the Japanese, though, was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if I saw it. Because it's funny, I watched the white one, and I was I just, like, "I'll yeah. skip the Japanese one." Well, but I just like, can't man, imagine Clint Eastwood being sympathetic when it came out. I don't know, man. I kind of think it was I, like anyway. He put out two movies at the same time, which that's actually that's a pretty cool thing. Actually, that is cool. It's, it's weird to me that that don't ever really get talked about anymore, right? Because or, or like replicated. Yeah, but yeah. He put out Flags of Our Fathers and the Sands of Iwo, Iwo Jima. Right. And one of them was from the American perspective. One of them was from the Japanese perspective. There's also a movie called Toro, 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 uh, which I've also never seen. It's supposed to be really, really good. Uh, and it, I believe, is from the Japanese perspective. I well, I'm going to watch. Um, I'm going to watch all of these and report back. Uh, anyways, maybe, uh, it's, maybe it's not Toro, Toro, Toro. Maybe it's Toro, Toro, Toro. My neighbor to Toro. Is that the, the movie you're thinking of? That's the a very, big very, fat cat? very different uh, thing. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah the, Tora, Tora, Tora. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. It, it's well, okay. it's it was an international co-production. Um, so I, it shows both perspectives, and it's about Pearl Harbor specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm interested in that. 
Tora, Tora, Tora. Yeah, it was a, a joint American and Japanese uh, production. So it was. It has American sequences and Japanese sequences, and I'm looking at the credits here, and damn! So the American sequences were directed by an American guy. The Japanese sequences were directed by Japanese directors. The screenplay, the American part, was written by American. Japanese part was written by Japanese. I love uh, that. And obviously the actors in the American part are all American and the actors in the Japanese parts are all Japanese. So yeah, damn, I need to watch this movie too. And Me it's too. Like, it's definitely like, it's a highly regarded movie. Let's I've both watch never, it and talk about just it. Never, never gotten around to watching it. But anyway, all right. Hey, let's HCA. take a, yeah, let's take a break real quick. Uh, number one, because I'm not wearing my diaper. Number two, because I forgot to uh, look up airmail. And as soon as we get back from this break, which we'll put a commercial in, I'm going to talk to y'all about the life of Hans Christian Andersen. We'll be right back. Oh, Santa baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here. With the sponsors of today's show, I'm sorry, that was pathetic. Manscaped, baby, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake. With the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code POA for 20% off plus free shipping. Y'all know I've been a huge proponent of Manscaped and all the things that they do, whether it be the beard trimmers, the hedge trimmer, the lawnmower, all of that stuff, which I use literally every week. The ball deodorant, which I use literally every day. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Manscaped. However, I will try. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers. What could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs, starting with the lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, baby. This is the crown jewel of holidays, and I dare say the best ball trimmer of all time. The Electric Razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on Santa's sack, or as I say, nicks and cuts on your dicks and butts. That's right, all right? Uh, if you got somebody in your family that's got too much scruff, get them this for the, for the holidays. Manscaped Beard Hedger. If you got nasty nose hairs, by the way, which I sure do, but not after I use the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose, ear, and hair trimmer. It's awesome. They also got boxers, which are really good. They're super comfortable. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code POA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code POA. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. Skew! And we're back. It's time for History of Professor Cho's biography with Professor Cho on... uh... Number one Dane, number one Denmark man, Hans Christian Andersen of uh, fairy tale fame. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, go ahead. Well, you usually always, you love hearing yourself talk, so you definitely always do the, hey, what do I know about him? I guess you mentioned that they're a fairy tale fame, but you know, I yeah, thought maybe you'd did do like something. A, uh, like the Little Mermaid. and um, That's all right. A lot of Disney movies are like cartoon yep. movies and stuff. Little Mermaid and fucking Thumbelina and uh Yeah. The 
stuff like that. Anyway, yes, yeah, go ugly ahead. duckling, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I, would, duckling, yeah. Yeah, I would like ahead. to say uh, much of my information, I'm doing this uh, not only because I, I like to let people know, uh, but also because I want to shout out a podcast that really hits for me. Um, the information that I got was from Han's autobiography itself, which I thumbed. Um, I just happened to have it at my house. The Encyclopedia Britannica and the podcast, which is wonderful. And if you're a fan of this show, you you will be a fan of this show, uh, especially if you like the history portion on here, but want it to be accurate. Uh, st- the stuff you missed in history class, I-, I highly recommend. And I'd actually heard this episode long before I wanted to talk about Hans Christian Andersen. I'd forgotten he was even from Denmark. So that just randomly came up when we did Denmark. And I was like, oh, kismet. I actually know a little bit. So anyways, check out that podcast. Um, so Hans Christian Anderson was born April 2nd, 1805. Very, this, this is, uh, his parents have two of the most 1805 professions that you will ever hear. His daddy was a cobbler and his mom was a drunken laundry maid. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Was the drunken part necessary? You might might sound like it was part of her job title. I think it was a coincidence. Uh, what I think is that in 1805, you didn't hear it from women a lot. Like women are rarely ever d- like discussed as like being drunk or sots in the past. Like the elite ones are. You know what I mean? Like if you're a if you're a socialite, those women were drinking. But like I don't know. Like for me, it seems like women back in 1805. It's like no, that's fun. You don't get to do that. You know? Right? Yeah. <clears throat> One of his grandfathers went insane, and his grandmother, the wife to this grandfather that went insane, she was thrown in jail. Why? I'm going to let you guess why this woman would be thrown in jail. I'll tell you, it wasn't Uh, for murder or anything like that. Why was she thrown in jail? For allowing her husband to go insane? That's a great answer. Yeah. It's not true. Uh, She Uh. was thrown in jail after, I guess, he went insane. Uh, She was thrown in jail for having too many kids out of wedlock. You could just go to jail for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, though, how many is too many? You said too many kids out of wedlock. All I have here is too many. Um, honestly, <laughs> I would say that back then, because back two then could have been might, too what, many. Fourteen, you know, for I these mean, people, okay, because well, like, all right, uh, out of wedlock, I guess is the important is part. The, that's the you, important I, part because but back then, like, they had everybody had twelve kids. Or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm if you the say like too part. many kids, that's yeah. like a shitload of kids. But yeah, the out, out of wedlock. wedlock part is the operative part yeah because so. it's like if you won it's like okay she made a mistake i mean we're gonna call you a whore and stamp a scarlet letter to your yes. chest but like Absolutely. we're not gonna throw you in jail but after you do it so many times it's like oh there's so many bastards running around um yeah that's not a danish accent but still you feel me so after his daddy died his mama took him to a fortune teller uh, and this fortune teller told Hans Christian Andersen and his mother, hey, this, oh, I see such great promise in your future. You're going to grow, go on to be a great man and famous around the world. Now, when she said this, this Hans says that's what inspired him to then become a famous person. So it's kind of like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, but, well, I mean, what? That's still there's it's a far cry, especially I feel like in eighteen oh five from like I'm gonna be a famous person right. to the little mermaid. Do you know what I mean? Like specifically. For sure. Like for sure. 
you know? Well, yeah. Like he and still had to he hit, still had to and, hit. That and decide to do that. And all she said was, you're going to be famous the world round. Well, he could have, yeah. you know, I don't know. He could have killed a whole bunch of people or, you know, porked more donkeys than anyone else around at that time. That might have got his name out there, you know. But he landed on writing. He did. He did land on writing, but that wasn't the first thing he landed on. And uh, uh, I, I will get to, I will get to that in a second. And a lot of that stuff with the Little Mermaid, a uh, little questionable. Who fucking knows? Uh, he leaves for Copenhagen at 14 because uh, his dad's dead. And they're telling him, like, hey, you're going to be famous. And he's like, well, I can't be famous in whatever their fucking small hometown was. I'm going to have to go to Copenhagen because I guess that's like the New York of Denmark or whatever. Uh, so he leaves for Copenhagen at 14. He had no money at all, no skills. No job. He went straight to the theater and he was just like, I'm going to be a theater person because they can be famous. And he, but he didn't know what it was he wanted to do. He literally just wanted to be anything. Like he just gets to the theater and he's like, I'm here. Let me hit. Uh, and he was a real, like he was a, he was a hustler. And I'm about to mention a type of person that me and you know this type of person and we've talked about it a lot on how like wild it is to us and how we could never be this way he was one of those hustlers that like he had no problem just going up to famous people and just asking them to help him you know what i mean and like you hear these stories a lot in even in today's society like in the comedy world where people will just have like no shame they'll just be like yeah when i was starting out i just like i camped out behind george carlin's house and like that's just you know and then p people that aren't like us that are not in the business they're like well i mean yeah that's just that's just how you have to do it to make it and i've always heard that as like i guess i'm never making it <laughs> because i can't fucking do right. that you know what i mean yeah i don't I, i'm mortified by the thought i play it the exact opposite i i borderline act i mean my philosophy is to just treat this other person like any other regular human person you know what i mean and i feel like and hope that that hits for most of them right yeah you but dude, i'm saying you're the I, you're the complete opposite because you about, you will find out that someone you hit for them and you'll be like i'm gonna still keep it at arm's distance yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what I was about to say. I just, yeah. I'm so mortified by the thought of like uh, bothering these people yeah, or of whatever, course. or being that guy, whatever that guy, I don't want to be that guy no For matter sure. what. So yeah, I'll like, yeah, I, I, I do the opposite, like to my own detriment. I, I, like, For sure. I, I avoid. These it's people. still more, <laughs> it, it is to your own detriment a lot, but still way more admirable than being the opposite. But like, this is, this is still different though. Even like, if you were to do that, if you were to start doing that, it would still be different than him because like you actually do hit and you have things that you do. You have a body of work and like these people know you, he had nothing. Like he was literally, it was, it would be the equivalent of you doing it. But when you were 14, you well, know what I mean? who's he doing this to? Who are the hidden people the in Copenhagen at the time? Like a, a mime, like the, the best mime and <laughs> fucking that part of Europe or what? Who's he going up to and asking for help? And what's he offering? What's he asking for? Like what? I'm glad you asked. Uh, one time, this was my next example. He crashed the party of the most famous opera singer, I guess, at uh, the time. He barged into the, and crashed this party, not supposed to be there, does not know anybody there, barged into the dining room and just started singing and dancing. And oh also, my God. 
Right. He just starts singing and dancing. Just thinking about it's horrible, right? It's horrible. Imagine Uh, you saw someone do that. Like if we man, like if I went to a party at like T Bone's house or something, right? And some random Nashville street urchin comes in and starts like (laughs) doing Indian Outlaw or something. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? No one knows who he is. He's just doing an acapella in front of everybody. Well, I mean, if it was Indian Outlaw, that'd be kind of funny. That would be great. uh, Yeah, uh, that'd be wild. Especially when you consider he didn't go on to be famous for singing and dancing. Of course. You know what I mean? That's not even his thing. But it gets worse. It's get worse. If you want to cringe even more, he gets through singing and dancing, and then he he tells them all, I can cry. I can cry. And he just starts crying on command. It's insane. (laughs) It's so bad. You're telling me this worked somehow? It worked. It worked. The, the opera singer who was there was so impressed that she personally started giving him lessons, and all the other guests gave him a shit ton of money so that he could pursue opera. Um, I, that that it's is crazy. one of the most it's insane crazy. things I've ever heard which, in my which life. Means he, which means, you know, backtracking on what I said, like, he clearly was fucking good. You know what I mean? And, like, I guess, here's the yeah. deal. Well, in my opinion, you have to be a level above good. Like, if if he had approached them in a normal way, it's like, oh, he was fine. Let's help him out. But if you barge into a party, you've got to really fucking murder before you're going to get people to get over the fact that you've done this thing. Like, you've really got to fucking wow them. So I guess he did hit. Um, It was never going to be realized how hard he could hit at opera because – a few months into his opera career, he lost his voice and had to quit. Uh, and then he has to quit. He has nothing to do. He goes home and like was like, I, I'm going to kill myself. Like this, I had my chance. I'm going to fucking kill myself, which like, you know, I get. Um, but he goes home. He has no money. Like he'd, he'd, he'd taken all that money they gave him and spent it on opera stuff. But he didn't want to live with his mom again. And he's like, fuck, I ain't got no money, but I don't want to live with my mom. So... He lived in the closet at a whorehouse. Worst places. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what? How? How do you swing that? He I just think, walk in and be like, "Could I just?" You ain't using that closet. I don't know. They've used closets I, at whorehouses, right? But closets are probably in high demand at a whorehouse, I would imagine. I don't have they just them. have some uh, <laughs> voiceless vagrant <laughs> staying in your uh, your uh, you know. Uh, boot, fucking, I can't think of it. Where, where's what? What are they called? The things that they like? Not a corset, but a brazier. A brazier, yeah. A boo. It's a boo. Something, right? Are boudoir. you thinking of boudoir? Yeah. What's a boudoir? A boudoir, I think, is the a whore's way of saying the bedroom. <laughs> a sex worker. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I think step into my my boudoir. I I feel like boudoir means means a woman's bedroom or private room you're right yeah 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 i know some things um also dude now granted we're talking about the guy who has barged into a famous opera person's house and made all these people give him money i'm sure he could handle being able to live in the closet of a whorehouse also i know i mean i don't know this for a fact but like you know he had to mop up the cum like he wasn't just like hanging out there um anyways at this point, he had become friends with a ton of artists that were willing to help him. Not only artists, but one of his buddies, this is crazy, one of his buddies was the guy who invented electromagnetism. <laughs> so, okay. His but his most important buddy who was, was that? 
the guy who invented electromagnetism? Yeah. You would think I looked that up, but I didn't. I was just speaking. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I didn't. I was just like, oh, that guy. Right on. Yeah, back to sure. Christian Anderson. Um, his most important buddy, though, was not even that guy. His most important buddy was this dude named Jonas Cologne, or Colin, uh, who he was the director for the Royal Theater in Denmark. And this dude was able to get, he was able to get the King to set Hans Christian Anderson up with what you and I would refer to as a hit stipend. He just received money in which to pursue hitting. I, it, I want I do it. Not, it's like that cast. It's like Casanova was, was mm -hmm. like that. He's like convinced people to give him money to hit without any real, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I guess for Hans Christian Anderson, he had some, you know, right. He had some track record of hitting, but it was with his voice. Then he lost his voice. Now he's mopping yes. up cum in a whorehouse. <laughs> you gonna give that guy a hit stipend? I guess, dude. But I guess it was maybe it was looked at as like a fall from grace. Like you know, yeah, you know, he used to hit for a little. He used bit. to hit. He yeah, could right. hit again. Like maybe maybe he could hit again. And I mean, you know, he <clears> did. So right. I guess they weren't wrong. There's a theory, and I don't really know how much water it holds, but the theory is that Hans was actually the bastard son of the king, and that's why he did it. Oh, but like, yeah, okay. but like, I don't know. It, it, this was mentioned once in one thing I was reading, and like, I don't know. His mom was a drunken laundry woman. I'm not sure the king. I mean, not that the king doesn't just sometimes pork whoever, but whatever. Um, so he used that money to go back to school uh, since he'd fucked off from it when he went to Copenhagen. But he's like 15 or 16, and all the kids in his class are like 11. Uh, and ironically, he was not a good writer at all. He could barely write his own language. And his, his teacher was a huge dick about the whole thing and constantly insisted that Hans was going to wind up in the nut house just like his papa. And Hans... That sort of fucked him up, you know, and this is a, this was before we knew about like psychological damage and shit, but like right. apparently Hans, Hans had like his most recurring nightmare, even in his success was this teacher berating him. He would wake up like in cold sweats thinking about that guy making fun of him in front of all the other students. And so he stays at that school for four years. He learned enough to move back to Copenhagen, enroll in university. And that's when he started composing poetry. So before he started writing children's book, he had actually found a decent amount of success as like a novelist and a playwright. He also wrote six travel books, much like our travel book, Round Here and Over Yonder, which you can get wherever books are sold or at TreyCrowder.com where you can find tickets to see Trey on the road round here and over yonder. Also until December 1st, that's when this episode comes out. It is 50% off on audible round here and over yonder. It's a good read. So he didn't publish his first volume of fairy tales until 1835 actually. So he's like 32 or something. And by the way, a lot of them, he didn't even fucking write. They were just hmm. stories that he had heard when he was a kid and Ailed. he just and he just wrote them down the way that he remembered him like the emperor's what? new the emperor's new clothes which is one of his most famous works yeah, was course. actually an old spanish story but nobody had written it down or at least he couldn't find that anyone had written it down and also <sighs> the publishing world and like plagiarism and copyrights and stuff are like way different back then so like he was just taking all this shit that he had heard and being like, and by the way, it's not that me and you in like stand up comedy haven't like been guilty of like overhearing something at a party and using it in a bit or whatever, but like that's way fucking different <laughs> in my opinion. 
Well, I was actually thinking that I almost said earlier. Okay, first of all, before I forget this, I want to circle back. I missed somehow the context of. I, I realized when you said he got this, he was wiping up cum in a whorehouse. Then he gets money from the king and he goes back to school. And he, you said he was like fifteen or sixteen at this point, something like yeah. that. Yeah, or fourteen or whatever. So what I missed the first time around when he crashed that party and was singing and dancing and crying. What was he? Eleven? Fourteen. I think that's he was fourteen because that's when he moved to Copenhagen. His stint so all in that Copenhagen happened pretty quickly, then went very all quickly. That. Yeah, his stint okay. in Copenhagen because like he loses, you know, he goes he goes to Copenhagen at fourteen. He crashes that party, um, and then he loses his voice three months in to his opera career or whatever, and then he moves back home. So yeah, like this dude three just months, had one okay. of the most. This dude had one of the most insane coming of ages in the history of the world like he went from because you know the top to the bottom and then to the real top with the fucking king 14 is borderline in my opinion it's right on the uh, right on the boundary of like coming of age making a huge difference in how you perceive the that move the move Uh, of like Agree, because uh, if some like twelve-year-old coal-faced street yeah. urchin busts into a noble's party and sings like an angel and then breaks yeah. down crying, it's like okay, I get how that works. Like I was picturing a, I was picturing a grown man, you know, like well, come, fourteen so, was a lot older, I, back four, then. especially. But I know that's what, that's why I say fourteen is borderline because I feel like back then fourteen was pretty much a fucking adult. So also he's hideous. Yeah, right. And I'll give you and I'll give you an example later. One of my favorite quotes from someone who is ostensibly his friend. It's dude, it's worse than how you talk about me, bro. Um, So the other thing I was going to say about him is when you said he he just wrote these down is that like. I almost said earlier that he's a wild dude because all those stories, they feel like stories that have been passed down orally for like generations. They feel like ancient like people have always told like you know they're fucking fairy tales like you picture just being folk tales like they've just been around forever and it's like how you invent those like inventing those is like inventing fucking street jokes and stuff but somebody does somebody somebody does yeah so i was like you know that's a wild thing so then when you said it's like oh no he didn't even invent a lot of them he just like was the person who wrote them down that uh made a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense while also being like well shit because uh that's um Uncle Remus stories. They're like yeah. that, right? Yeah, the Brer but, Rabbit stuff. Yeah, but but the uh, but as I you recall, still have to be talented. The dude that the white man who compiled all those Uncle Remus stories, whose name I can't even remember, and that's part of my whole point E-E here. E something like the fact that people don't really remember his name; they just remember the Uncle Remus part. Is part is like a credit to him. I feel like because yeah. I feel like that dude. That dude, I'm pretty sure never he never, never. presented it as right. like. <laughs> I came up with these stories, right? right. He, it was always like, no, these are old Southern, you know, tales or whatnot. So anyway. Well, and for I the record though, ahead. even if it's a story that you'd heard before, like you still have to be a talented writer to get the oral part down and it for to, to make sense and to be charming. You know what I mean? Like you still have to have yeah. some talent. And, and by the way, I don't think that he did this with all of these things. And I'll explain later because there's there's evidence of him like using his his life and personality into some of the characters and stuff. Uh, also, a thing that I, I I really enjoyed learning he he wrote the way that he did. He used a lot of informal slang and he also spelled things the way that he wanted them to be read. 
which is me uh, and you do that, yeah, which we yeah, learned yeah. it from Mark Twain. Mark Twain yep. learned it from Hans Christian Andersen. Well, that is uh, cool. So that's a fun. That fact. is cool. That is cool, and that's like a bold thing to do when like the yeah. literary world is all about like being precise mm -hmm. and right. like seeming intelligent. And he was like, it doesn't hit as hard though because this character don't talk right. So like this is how he would say it. Um, but this is also another reason why apparently per like real Hans Christian Andersen fans that spoke his language, we've never truly experienced a Hans Christian Andersen story because yeah. his, tr his translations are considered very subpar. Like all the translations okay. are like, you can't, because it's like, and I, I get it because it's like, imagine you can, you can translate English into Spanish, but if you are speaking slang English and making up words, how do you translate that to Spanish? Do you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, mm -hmm. so I get it. Like our book, you know, which I think in Spanish is uh, Red Redneck de Rojo. Um, it's very popular there. The Liberal Redneck Manifesto did, did very well for Dirty Works editorial. But like, I know that so much is missing. Like, I would love to have a Mexican read it to me in English, how they translate it, you know? Um, anyways, as I was saying about, I think that he did write some of these, like he, he like very much like the ugly duckling, um, he identified with this so much because one of his friends, his friends described Hans Christian Andersen as a long, thin, fleshless, boneless man wriggling and bending. <laughs> it gets worse. A long, thin, fleshless, boneless man wriggling and bending like a lizard with a lantern jawed cadaverous visage. Lord God. A friend. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but an old dead looking slop snake. You. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's dead, rough. A dead looking slop snake. He So he used a lot of dark imagery and fucked up situations, even though these were children's books, because he wanted adults to like them too. So in his brain, he was making like what we, you know, like Toy Story. You know what I mean? Like these are for kids, but when the adult is reading them to the kid, I don't want them to think it's a chore. You know what I mean? I want them to like, you know, the princess bride as well. These types of movies where it's like, look, these are, these may even actually be for adults. It's just the kids will like it too. Um, but he used these dark themes and, and imagery like in the original, and these don't get translated into when we remake them in the original Thumbelina, she was purchased as a seed from a witch uh, and kidnapped by a large ugly toad in hopes of being married to said ugly toad's son. And Thumbelina is so horrified that she weeps loud enough to be heard by the minnows in the water who chew through her lily pad stem and set her free. Children's book. Um, also, yeah. in, in the original... Little Mermaid, Ariel, doesn't magically have her voice taken away. She has her tongue cut out, and every step she takes with her new legs feels like she's being stabbed with a knife. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it, you, if they were way darker than that, even. Just back right. then, children, I mean, you know, I mean, hell, fucking. Grimm's. Yeah, right, yeah. That was yeah. going to say Aesop's Fables and Grimm's Fairy Tales and stuff, like the original versions <laughs> So that, fucked up. Hold on. Uh, is that where the word is that why we say that's so grim? I don't know. I guess it's worth looking up. Uh, because I mean, we, I know that the 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 
Grimm's of fairy tale. G R I M M. They got two M's. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the word um, so doesn't. While you're looking that up, he leveraged his fame into meeting a lot of famous people. Uh, and but it seemed like every time he met famous people, all he wanted to do was talk about how hard he hit. Um, and coincidentally, he he desperately wanted to leverage his fame into specifically being homies with the Grimm brothers because they were out at the same time and they were sort of like you know the gold standard of like children's uh books and shit did you look up that grim thing i did um they're not related it's just okay. a coincidence it says both okay. the english word grim and the german surname grim with two m's they both derive from the proto-germanic word grimace which means fierce okay. or furious but they're not grimace means furious of course it does yeah you grim i was literally thinking of the purple dude from mcdonald's not the one sure well uh, grimace i said it's g-r-i-m-m-a-z grimace grimaz grimaz maybe Grimace is like a, ugh, like that's a grimace. You know? Right. I definitely mentioned this during the Charles Dickens episode, but it was a long time ago and bears repeating here. Um, he was all, like Hans Christian Anderson was infatuated with Charles Dickens. It's so wild that like all these people, uh, ha the, the time periods in which just all these fucking classics were just alive at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, He's infatuated with Charles Dickens, and he wanted to be buddies with him, and they met at a party or something. Dickens invited him to his house to hang out, and I'm sure that you'll remember this. But then, so he he invites him to his house to hang out, and Hans Christian Andersen just decided to stay for five weeks. <laughs> he just stayed at Dickens' house for five weeks, and Dickens was like, yeah, we're not friends anymore. Like, you can't just do that. Um, and when he left, Charles Dickens put a plaque in the bedroom that, that Hans Christian Andersen stayed in that said, Hans Christian Andersen stayed here for five weeks, but to the family, it felt like ages. <laughs> like, that was just in the bedroom the I'm whole time. I'm starting to question Hans Christian Andersen's social skills. Um, he, yeah, I'm... I have theories. And when uh, you add that to the fact that he looked like a dead slop snake, it's yeah. like, you know, he couldn't have been much of a people person. I mean, right. which is sad for him because he clearly wants to ingratiate himself to everyone who hits. A testament so. to how good his writing is, though, you know? Um, yeah. He was also big buddies with the Rothschilds. That's wild. Uh Mm -hmm. He never he never owned a house, by the way. He literally just couch surfed with hitters, uh, which is why he stays at places for five weeks. Also important to note that many of them stopped being friends with him, not just because he outstayed their welcome, but because he tried to fuck all their daughters. Um, oh, he God. also this this is what they think. This is what they say. And a lot of it. I'm about to say a thing that's like, oh, maybe I don't know if that's true. Um, he also had a relationship with this famous person of the day. She was a singer. Her name was Jenny Lynn. But the rumors are coming, and a lot of this coming from Jenny Lynn, that Hans Christian Andersen never tried to have sex with her at all, which fits and supports the narrative that a lot of people spin that he was a Gay. homosexual and he yep. would do, and he would do, but that was not appropriate to be back then. So a lot not. of people suggest. A lot of people suggest that his way with women or whatever was like he was overcompensating and he was oh, just yeah. trying to he was just trying yeah, to yeah. put up this like, no, what do you mean I'm gay? I tried I fucked your daughter. <laughs> you yep, know what I mean? Yep, 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 um, yep. I mean and, that totally uh, makes sense to me. 
And this is why a lot of people believe that The Little Mermaid may have been about him not feeling comfortable in his own body with his own sexuality and trying anything to be different. But ultimately, you couldn't because you're a product of your environment, whatever. Um, he published 156 fairy tales during his lifetime. Uh, he had a lot more that came out posthumously. So that figure ended up being north of 200. And he also wrote... 14 whole letters a day. And one of his main criticisms from people, which this is hilarious, was that he overproduced. He did too much. That was their criticism. Not that it was bad, just that he did too much. You know what I mean? Which is kind yeah. of fucking crazy. Well, you say not that it's bad, but I feel like an inherent part of that criticism is that it like... has to be. Right. It, you know, take, quantity take over quality time, type thing. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. I don't know what else you could mean by that other than, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they right. all smash legitimately, I don't think anyone would be like, yeah, but there's too much hits here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, um, so this is going to make you feel like a worthless sack of shit because it certainly made me feel that way. Um, the Snow Queen, which is mm. one of his most popular works, I believe Frozen, Frozen. is based on, yep. yeah. Frozen so. is based on this. One of his most popular works. It was written, produced, edited, and published in 16 days. Out the door. <laughs> out the fucking door. 16 That's days. That's many, crazy. Do you know how many pages it, the original no, story and was? I thought, and I thought about that. Like, well, you know, it might not have been that big of a story. But, like, bro, even, even if it was just a short story, we still both know how hard that is. You know, like, because usually, like, your first draft never, that ain't never it. Well, but like, it says on Wikipedia, it actually says that the Snow Queen is one of his longest and most <laughs> highly acclaimed stories. So, wow. Yeah. Um, all right. In closing, he had a crippling fear of being mistaken as dead while he was asleep. Uh, he was, I mean, that happened to people back then. It, yeah, you know? it did. Like, it's not without precedent because people used to just get buried i mean that's for that's where for whom the bell tolls comes from you know that, that we talked about that we've talked about the bells that um they that, put a string yeah, in there a string yeah we, talk, a bell. Yeah, we yeah. yeah we talked about that yeah um anyways uh he was mist uh, he didn't want to he was afraid of that uh he was also afraid of uh rabies fire i wrote rabies twice i guess he he was really afraid of it. Uh, he was also agoraphobic, which makes not a lot of sense to most people because he wrote so many travel books and he traveled a lot. But like, I don't know. I kind of like I used to would be like, that doesn't make any sense. But like, I actually kind of uh, relate to that <laughs> a little bit because I travel a shit ton. And I'm not let, let me say this to people who I come to your city and I have a good time and I entertain. I don't hate seeing you. I don't hate being there, but like traveling really does me in and I, I'm really someone who kind of doesn't like it, but I do it for a living. So like, you know, I kind of get it. Uh, on yeah. August 4th, 1875, he died of liver cancer. That is Hans Christian Anderson. Nice. Are you entertained? Yeah. What do we got here? Well, we have... Trey, uh, we have some uh, airmail. So here's one subject line. By the way, I have not, uh, this is funny, I've not vetted any of these. Uh, subject line, limericks. 
What's up, fancy motherfuckers? I reckon if I have to listen to y'all's podcast every week, you're going to have to listen to some limericks written by Smoky Mountain Hillbilly Trash. Seriously, love y'all's show more than corn liquor. Stay fancy. Here's the limerick. <clears throat> there once was some clever white trash who figured out how to make cash by talking mm. about by talking about the riches and the trashy sons of bitches and how their cultures all intermash. Wonderful. Some lovely. It's lovely. Some folks are born noble by blood. Some folks ain't rich, but they hit pretty good. And then there's the classes of us old poor dumb asses born to <laughs> cough and go die in the mud. In the mud. Nice. <laughs> My man. Um, Rich people own diamonds and pearls, and poor folks eat possums and squirrels. But mm -hmm. it seems to be true that they both are imbued with a craving for trashy-ass girls. Nice. That was, yeah, that's some good shit right there. Uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Subject line. Ben Franklin and International Swimming Hall of Fame. Trey, you're about to love this. Hey, Corey and Trey, it's Bubba from Fort Lauderdale, the soap nice. guy. The soap man. <laughs> the, the, soap butt, man. the butt soap man. The butt yeah. soap man. Bubba yeah. the butt soap man. Yes, the one that had a couple drinks and wrote his website with a Sharpie on your stomach. Not one of my proudest moments, but hell. I recently saw Trey the last time he was down here. What you guys don't know is my real name is Todd, and guess what? I'm the Artifacts and Collections Coordinator for the International Swimming Hall of Fame. What? Imagine right. my surprise. Bubba contains multitudes. He sure Bubba. does. Imagine my surprise a couple weeks ago driving to work and listening to Putting On Airs. Listen every week. Also well read. And here you guys talking about Ben Franklin and our Hall of Fame. I have included some photos, and if you're ever down our way, I will give you a tour before we go to that gay country bar that I uh -huh. promised to take you to for a drink. Also, yep. I took a cake to Trey when I saw him, but I don't think he got it. But it was in reference to your and his conversation about sitting on a cake and eating dick or sitting on a <laughs> dick and eating cake. That's why I got him a cake. I but... <laughs> What's what, Trey? I just, I remember I, would, I did a show at a church in Fort Lauderdale, a gay church in Fort uh -huh. Lauderdale. And I remember him coming. I remember talking to him. And I don't remember a cake, but I don't know why I wouldn't, why he didn't have the cake when he came up and talked to me. Did There's they take the, it from him or something? I don't maybe. know. He came up to the side of the stage. I remember, I remember seeing him and I remember knowing it was him and everything, but I don't remember a cake anyway. They may Go have ahead. confiscated it. There's his. Uh, that's a picture of their Ben Franklin wall at the swimming uh, hall of fame. That's fucking crazy, in Wild. my opinion. That we yeah. know that guy. Um, wow. Thank you, Bubba. Uh, we got one here. Uh, subject line: Beat that, motherfuckers. Mm. Sup, fuckers. Name's Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right it is. Sup, fuckers. Name's Ricky. I wrote to you guys a while back to tell you to do an episode on the movie King Ralph, which you totally fucking still should, by the way. But today, I just wanted to issue a challenge for all the other listeners. Spotify just did their year wrap-up. I've attached mine. 22,331 minutes for the Well-Read Podcast and another 15,000 minutes for Putting On Airs. Uh, not sure since it won't show me the minutes listened for my number two podcast, but I did the math. And I listened to every POA episode twice, so it's close. So I'm officially challenging all the other listeners in the Skewniverse, 
beat that motherfuckers love you guys like chicken ricky fucking bobby get the fuck out of here <laughs> your name is ricky bobby um by the way i forgot to mention in my, yeah it's always oh, says p.s squirrels are soulless creatures that have zero capacity for love my fuck my squirrels man. and I, fuck cory <laughs> yes i already said he smashed and you didn't get to the postscript yet that was a incredible that warmed the cockles of my cold dead heart that's what there's that also another postscript in the form of a separate message by the way i forgot to mention in my last message that i didn't start listening until may of this year so that's i wild. put the, i put those numbers up on spotify in six months so i'll that's... say it once again i formally challenged the entire <laughs> universe Beat that, motherfuckers! Ricky well, fucking Bobby. Ricky has thrown his glove down. Yeah, uh, we can't. We can't do another mail after that. That's no. the closer right there, yeah, buddy. Try to tell everybody what to do to find you and all that tonight, shit. As this, when this show comes out tonight and tomorrow night, I'll be in San Francisco at Cobb's, and then next weekend, Lowell, Arkansas. The week after that, me, Corey, Andrew are all going to be together again at Zany's in Nashville for our annual Christmas shows, the 14th through the 16th. You can get tickets to all those and see my 2024 dates on TreyCrowder.com, as Corey already mentioned. Also, a link to our book around here and over yonder at TreyCrowder.com. And uh, today, December 1st, is the last day you can get the audio book around here and over yonder for half off on Audible. So check all that out. Listen to our other podcast and make it hit. Appreciate it. Yeah, and go to bonuscory.com to see what I'm doing. I'm building a universe. It's called Chickalookie. It is my... Uh, uh, it is my Lake Wobegon, if you will. It is my Tatooine, if you will. I'm writing uh, fiction stories all contained in this universe. It's a lot of fun. You can become a citizen of Chickalooky by going to bonuscory.com. Uh, and join in all the fun. It's five bucks a month. You can also do it for free. You just get stuff later. You know what I'm saying? But if you uh, really want to support the show, it's a cup of coffee a month. Bonuscory.com and uh, stay fancy, mother of huckers. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com.